Welcome to AV Plus, the podcast from Commercial Integrator. I'm Adam Forziati, Senior Web Editor here at CI. So if you're counting, this is our 100th episode of the show. And I wanted to start it off by saying thank you to everyone who's listened over the last couple of years. You know, when I first started working for Commercial Integrator, it meant a lot to me to be able to do a podcast as part of my job, since I personally really love the medium. And I do come from a radio background, so it's been really gratifying to do this. Uh, I will admit, though, that this is not exactly how I pictured our 100th episode, right? Like, we don't have any special programming prepared for you today, because I don't really think it would match up with what's going on in the world right now. Uh, the important thing to cover right now is, you know, AV integration businesses, how they can stay afloat, what they can do to, you know, react to what's going on uh, with the economy and everything else. There are enough stresses right now, and I really want to focus on providing content on the podcast that kind of addresses all of that in a meaningful way. Uh, the focus should not be on us or us celebrating 100 episodes. So I wanted to thank everyone for listening, but um, today what we do have prepared for you uh, is a really informative conversation that I had this week with Chuck Wilson. He's the executive director of the National Systems Contractors Association, or NSCA for short. Uh, the NSCA has put together a number of resources for integration firms who are struggling with the current economic situation. And today on the show, we're talking about a number of you know critical business continuity points, like how to navigate government assistance, measuring your cash flow, and how to make tough decisions around workforce reduction. But first, let's hear about this week's news to know in ProAV. So every week we publish this article on commercialintegrator.com. It's called News to Know, and it focuses on all of the, you know, news highlights, people going to new places, you know, moving companies, uh, new products being announced, and uh, new projects that uh, integrators are reporting. And this is a really valuable article, but I wanted to take a second to highlight one piece from that. DPA Microphones is joining many other uh, AV integration industry uh, manufacturers over the last couple of weeks who are offering free online training or less cost uh, online training. If you're interested in learning more about uh, DPA, you can visit their website. That's dpamicrophones.com. And then in other AV news this week, AVISPL and Whitlock have officially joined forces now as their merger was uh, legally uh, documented and completed. We had announced the news of that happening weeks ago when it when it first broke, but uh, this is sort of like a follow-up on that just to say that the paperwork has been signed, so to speak. In other news, it's sort of a feel-good story. Infinite Electronics, uh, it's an integration firm. They pr- they're producing and donating 3D-printed reusable face shields to uh, healthcare workers who are working to control that spread. Uh, Draper joins them in, in, in offering you know, a uh, pro bono work. They're sewing coronavirus masks after donating 1,200 of them to a local hospital. The NSCA, National Systems Contractors Association, we're going to talk about them this uh, talk with them actually this episode, but uh, just to recap really quickly here, they've launched a business continuity portal on their website, nsca.org. Uh, it's like a business opportunity landing page that provides members with you know different resources to help them address issues that they're encountering because of the COVID outbreak. The SDVOE Alliance is launching their SDVOE show, Adventures in Pro-AV Education. This is a live interactive event that will uh, feature training on a variety of Pro-AV topics, case studies, panel discussions, that kind of thing. If you are looking to hire uh, an AV technician right now, you'd probably be a standout firm because not too many are are, uh, thinking about hiring right now. But if you are, 
Uh, here are some great interview questions you can ask AV technician candidates. It's a, it's a story we just published this week on Wednesday, uh, April 8th. The story is called Interview Questions for AV Technician Candidates, and if you are hiring right now, I strongly recommend you go check that story out. I think that's enough recapitulation for this week. If you want to learn more, you can always visit our website, commercialintegrator.com. All right, now to my conversation with Chuck Wilson at NSCA. Let's start off this way. What is the NSCA and and what has this organization been doing for integrators surrounding the effects of COVID-19? Sure. So NSCA... um we're a professional trade organization, uh, an association, if you will. So it's a network of like-minded systems integration professionals. We represent the channel uh, manufacturers, the integrators, reps, and consulting firms, and uh, distributors, companies that participate in our industry. So what we've been doing is um, just a lot of support. So putting information out there on a daily basis that covers um, the gamut, I guess, if you will, in terms of of what kind of things can members be doing today to help improve their chances of survival through the uh, business continuity issues that are taking place. Um, So our big focus has been, you know, really um, helping them understand if they are considered an essential workforce or if their clients that they serve are part of the essential workforce is what kind of guidelines that they need to have, what kind of information their, their technicians or vehicles have to have in them to case they get pulled over or whatever and just trying to understand all that and then really help the the business owners the small business owners make great decisions about their employment uh, status so looking at either workforce reduction or looking at how to sustain the workforce using federal funding on the back end and then a large part of what we've been doing the last couple weeks is really focused on Uh, creating a financial stress test for the organization, just looking at all of the issues with their anticipated revenue and what, what kind of things would happen on the expense side if their revenues were to decline dramatically. And then, um, you know, again, if they are considered essential workforce is really, you know, making sure that they have the people that can do the work and, and make sure that they're safe when they go out and do it and everything. So that that's been our focus lately. How should uh, integration firms specifically start to navigate, you know, the, the, the questions surrounding what government assistance is available to them? What options do they have in terms of receiving any assistance whatsoever? Well, the, the big thing is looking at the size of their employment before this happened. So there's different programs if you have somewhere between two and 25 employees. And if you had to shut the door and, and reopen at a later date, there's, that's one thing. But the other the other criteria is companies that have under 500 employees, then there's a whole other uh, set of circumstances uh, surrounding that and different opportunities for funding through SBA loans and through the um, CARES package, the, the payroll protection side of this thing. So what we're doing is on a case-by-case basis is looking at the type of work that the integration firm does, um, making sure that in their state or the place where they work that they have the opportunity to still do that and then really look at all right if we're if if we have this um, unencumbered or or unrestricted cash um, cash reserves if you will at the start of this crisis what does that look like on our daily cash burn rate 
if in fact our revenues have declined dramatically, but yet our expenses haven't declined at all, which is the case for for many people. So we're helping them create a very logical approach to what kind of things can be done on a 30-day, 60-day, 90-day view of keeping that revenue flowing as best they can and to keep the people there that are, are helping them keep that revenue flowing and recognized and then being able to look at, you know, what kind of things would they really consider to be non-essential in terms of the, the expenditures that they're putting forth right now. So it's just really looking at, you know, how much you got coming in, how much you got going out, and, and how long you can sustain that. And then backing into what is the right um, type of relief that they should be seeking from the federal government um, based on, you know, their situation, be it. Uh, a lot of our members right now are really, really busy because they're they're they work in hospitals and schools and places that want them to get work done right now. So they have a different decision, which is how do they how are they really looking at the safety of their workforce? You know, getting people willing to go out and work in these types of environments that that they need to work in is is how do you rationalize all that against the you know, the financial side of it. So we're, we're just helping everybody on a case-by-case case situation. But in general, have you seen any kind of, any kind of catch or any kind of um, sticking point that, that firms coming to you for help have discovered in this process? I mean, I'd like to assume that all business owners are pretty mature people, but I, I wouldn't blame anybody for feeling a little nervous trying to tread the waters of you know, federal assistance. I mean, what, what, um, have there been many issues that have cropped up in, in your, uh, in your attempts to help people out with this topic? Yeah, there, ha- there has been. And I think, I think the big thing that happened was about two weeks ago, right at the onset of this is people had a knee jerk reaction to, um, lay people off right away. Cause they, they, they saw quickly that they didn't have or they didn't feel that they had business coming in the door. So they wanted to, you know, do a one cut, cut deep, cut quick, you know, do it in one time. Well, then right after that, we found out that companies who, who reduced their payroll by more than 25% may have taken themselves out of eligibility for the, um, one of these federal funding uh, programs that they have. So in some cases, we, we moved too quickly to shed payroll without knowing the details of the federal funding program. And now that we know it, it's probably best that, that we keep our employees on and maybe do like a, you know, across the board, like a 10%, you know, uh, pay cut or something like that, you know? So really the, the decision points that I think are out there are, do we try to apply for an SBA loan where we have to pay it back? Or do we try to get one of these forgivable um, bridge loans that are out there? Do we look at, you know, workforce reduction in that sense um, of layoffs versus workforce uh, retention, which is keeping people on, but maybe furloughing them for, you know, the next couple of weeks or having them use their PTO or something like that if we can't figure out, you know, enough work for them that, that makes sense. And then I think the big thing that, that we're looking at here, Adam, is, you know, what's the situation look like right now? Like, like in April versus three months from now or six months from now towards the end of the year, you know, third quarter, fourth quarter is, 
are we making good choices and good decisions today that when we look at our our snapshot at the end of June, let's say, the end of the, the first half of the year, what have we set ourselves up for by either reducing the workforce or by burning through our, our reserves and being ready to go come June 30th, but yet the, the, um, the rest of the world isn't ready for us to do what we do. I, I personally believe there's going to be a lot of pent-up demand for what we do. There's going to be a lot of, a lot of people wanting the technology and ready to do these systems still, and you know, we're, we're waiting and waiting and waiting. And then it's going to be a hurry-up situation. So I think, I think people are looking at that, and, and then really you know, the, just the um, access to liquidity. That's, that's the big thing right now is cash is king at a time like this. So how do we preserve our operating capital? How do we how do we find the ability to weather this storm and what are we willing to tolerate? So let's say a, you know, a company is burning through $20,000 a day of, of payroll that they don't have work for the people that the payroll is being covered is can we get the visibility into these, um, these loan applications that we're filing for right now to make sure that that will backstop us to the tune of, of that, that same amount of money then it pretty much makes sense. If you can do that, then it makes sense to try to get, you know, the loan based on keeping your payroll intact. So there's, a, there's just a lot of decisions. And, and why I say it's a case by case is everybody has a different starting point. So some companies had already bumped up against their line of credit at the bank where they're, they're already, you know, um, undercapitalized, if you will, or don't, they don't have that capability of having a lot of dry powder, as you say, or, or cash reserves, those people are in a very different situation than ones that have not even touched their line of credit for years, let's say. And those, those people are in a very enviable position because they have all of that existing capability of, of borrowing against their, their line of credit, if you will. So there's, every situation is different. I've run into many things that, that, you know, like I said, I'm learning something new every day based on how people are, are navigating this and the choices that they have in front of them. Something that the NSEA is going to be, is, has provided to, uh, to, to members on its, on its website and is the idea surrounding financial stress testing. And, the, and you've written about this or the NSEA has provided some, some blogs about this topic. But for those who aren't unaware, what is a financial stress test and when should integrators consider consider one well, I do it right away so so the idea is is let's say you've got approved uh, last Friday they they started the applications we've got I know of at least five of our members that have got been approved already just in a matter of like over the weekend they got approved so they're they're expecting to um, be able to take their monthly payroll and it's a it's a factor of 2.5x of that so they can they can apply for two and a half times whatever their monthly payroll is and then get that money coming in. So it's so many dollars per employee per quarter. And then at the end of June, um, they're expected to have no, no greater than 25% less payroll than they had at the start of this whole thing. And then they will get that funding coming in on the back end. So the, the financial stress test takes a look at the work in progress, it takes a look at the backlog that they have, it takes a look at 
at what kind of work can they do based on their essential worker status and the availability of the projects, which a lot of projects are not available to do anything because they've closed those buildings down, right? So with the social distancing. So they, we look at all of the facilities where they have been deemed as a essential workforce, like if you work in hospitals or at energy companies or IT companies or things that are still open by law, is can we get in there in a safe environment with our people protected appropriately? Can we get in and do that? So we look at at each and every project, we look at each and every day, we look at each and every producer or people that are capable of finishing off that job so we can earn the revenue from that. And we do a, just a, a, we just dissect as, as granular as we can, like what will this week look like? What will this month look like? And then looking at all of the conditions of what if our accounts receivable doesn't get collected then? So if we have all this work and we're sending out invoices for that work, that's one thing. But getting paid for that is another thing. So if we get extended, if our if our aged receivables report starts to show that we're not capable of collecting that money because our, say, that customer's you know, payables department is shut down for a while or something is what does that do for our cash flow? And then how are we burning cash that we don't have? And then how do we get the funding through the bank or through the SBA or whoever? How do we get the, the capital that we need to continue on? So the stress test really gives you a, a good indication of the overall financial health of the company for like, say the month of April, What's it look like by the end of May? What's it look like by the end of June? And then when we start to see that stability, that stabilizing thing where our revenue bottoms out at, say, 50% of what, it, we, what we expected or 60%, whatever that number is, how do our expenses match into that that we currently will have? Because it doesn't scale dollar for dollar up and down like we'd want it to. This thing would be, you know, we have already pre-committed you know, expenses along the way. So what does our payroll look like? What does our other expenses look like? And what does our revenue, you know, the flow of revenue that we can earn and get paid for, what does that look like? And then we take a snapshot at the end of every month and do some predictability measures. So it ties into the, <laughs> the whole thing. The long and short of it is, is it really ties into the curve. When we when we look at the the amount of uh, cities, the landscape, the hot spots in the country of where people can and can't work, where they go do things where they can. When we start to see where, where different types of businesses open up that we have the ability to go in and work at, that's when we can start to see this, this light at the end of the tunnel, if you will, to say that that might change the predictability model of what our revenue could look like by, say, the third quarter, fourth quarter of this year. So we just put it all together. We got some templates and spreadsheets that we tie it all together and we just give people an indication of, of how likely they are to survive this with or without the financial uh, backing of the, of the different programs and everything. So, so it's kind of a complicated answer, I guess, but, but well, that's how we're doing problem. That makes sense. It really is complicated. And there's a lot of moving parts and the, the data points if you think about what data is driving the decisions that you're making, the data seems to change every day, right? So we, we have changes in the essential workforce every day. We, 
what what's what facilities were open one day could be closed next week you know so our predictability thing probably didn't hold true and then the big thing that we're seeing and and it's really something i didn't consider until recently but there are more of our technicians coming to us saying hey i don't feel comfortable out working right now would you would you consider laying me off so because the the unemployment um, compensation went way up now so the average you know frontline person could be making somewhere between 950 and 1150 dollars a week not working and that might seem more appealing to that individual now the problem there is their their benefits then so when you go on unemployment you're cut off from the employee um, you know insurance programs and other things as opposed to a furlough which you would still gain those benefits so there's a there's several different methods different applications of different tools that our members can use and we're trying to help them identify those real quickly and we built that landing page to to do just that and then finally so if you're an integrator and you've gone through some of these uh these options and, and you've carefully considered you know what what your future holds and you're pondering the the legitimate the legitimacy of, of laying people off. What are you hearing from integration firms who might be making some of those tough decisions? And what would you say to one who might think that they have to too? Well, what I'm hearing is the, the pain and the agony and the gut wrenching. These are nearly impossible decisions to make Adam. I mean, people are agonizing like you wouldn't believe or that what, what I have learned by the way is we have some really really awesome human beings running the member companies in our industry and they don't they do not take any of this workforce reduction things lightly they they agonize over each and every person that they've had to you know cut their hours or layoffs or furloughs or whatever you know or and what's worse for them is is how they feel about sending someone into a, a place of business that they may or may not, you know, have the right social distancing or, or, you know, personal protection gear or whatever, you know, so the, the thing about it is, is it's just, it's just so stressful. And, and that's what I've really learned is that, you know, we are so blessed to have a, a membership made up of such good people that are, that are really, really trying to, it, you know, if they're going to err, it's been an erring on the side of, of doing the right thing by their employees rather than their own financial wherewithal. So I guess I guess the good news in, in all of this is that there are things that, that smart business owners can do to, you know, mine the future of their company and plan for, you know, a world post-COVID. So, Chuck, you know, what, what are some of the things that or how can how can uh, potential members or even some people who are already members uh, reach out to you and, and in the community at large, where should they go to learn more about what you offer and, and, you know, to be a part of that community of, of smart business planners. Well, we, we have that, we put that landing page on it right on our homepage of our website. So nsca.org. And the first thing you'll see is that, that uh, COVID-19 um, action plan. It's, it's just a site that has all of the, information tom and is putting up something there every day you know several many times a day in some cases so we're we're just giving our members the best direction our thing has been let's distill it down let's make it specific to the integration community because they're getting inundated with all this 
this uh, news and everything from a hundred different sources. So let's just make it relevant to to our members and our industry about their particular you know type of work that they do.